The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of Lexington Community Radio or its board of directors. The views expressed are solely those of the programmers. You are listening to Off the Cuff. Now, here's your host, Adam Banks. Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks coming at you live from Lexington, Kentucky. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for tuning in to WLXU 93.9 FM. In addition to listening to us on the radio, you can check out our Facebook live stream at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks, or you can download the Radio Lex app on your smartphone device to listen to us anywhere in the entire world. You can also stream the show live on the website at radiolex.us. Ember Turner and I are both broadcasting from the Deborah Hensley Studios here at Radio Lex on North Limestone. It is January the 12th, 2023. It is slap dab in the middle of January, my birthday month. We are in the <laughs> second, we are in the second episode of 2023. 2023 had almost started off with a bang for us. Yeah. Possible tornado this morning. Uh-huh. Everything was fine, though. Woo. Did you freak out? I, you absolutely. I was talking to you. You know I freaked out. Well, the first thing that I did was when I was contacted and told that there was going to be a tornado, mm-hmm. I went downstairs and made a big pot of coffee. Uh, yes. Because I said, I am not going to have my power go <laughs> off and not have any coffee. And be decaffeinated. But thank God there was... It, I know that some places, I know in Richmond, I know in Bourbon County, there were some places that got, that got that got some damage. I think... Bull County has been the last that they've put up. I'm surprised that we didn't, but thank God that we both made it out alive. But I'm very sorry to the ones that had the damage and had to deal with the storm. But it is January the 12th, ladies and gentlemen. We are in January. I have. How's your 2023 been so far? You know, it's going. How's yours? It's it's a going. I <laughs> I uh, have been playing my my. NES Nintendo. Did I tell you that? Wait, you got an NES? I have a original NES Nintendo. Like original, original? Original 1985, I think it was created. Now, I know that I got this for like my second birthday, third birthday, my sister and I. Yeah, we got it to share. And we had it for years. And I was home for Christmas the other day, and my dad said, Hey, I found this box, mm-hmm. and it's got your old mm-hmm. NES in it, and it's got all of your games. Yeah. So I've been playing it like crazy. What kind of games you got? Oh, gosh. Uh, Bayou Billy. No. Uh, the Legend of Cage. Zelda. Do you got the shooting, the duck game? Yes, I've got okay. the classic Mario games and all of that. But it made me start thinking how much... Can something like this be worth today? It's 2023. That came out 40 years ago in the 80s. How much is it worth today? So I got online. You can... You can sell your Nintendo upwards of seven, eight hundred dollars. Oh, I, I'd be surprised if it wouldn't even be more. People will buy your games sometimes for two, three hundred dollars. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, but a lot of people hang on to that stuff because of nostalgia, mm-hmm. sentimental. sentimental reasons. But if you don't have a sentimental attachment to it, get rid of it. Why not? Yeah, make a little money. And it made me start thinking. 
Amber, of other things that are worth a lot of money that you may have in your house that you didn't even realize was a lot of money. Ooh. Yeah, so obviously we're older now. Yeah. I'll be 35 here in a couple of weeks. So there's a lot of things that I used to have that are now considered vintage. Yeah. Vintage. Retro. Retro. <laughs> toy toy lunchboxes, yep. action figures. And it made me start thinking, maybe, maybe some of the things I had when I was a kid is worth a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, Amber, I started doing some research, and I found some rare items that are now worth a lot of money. Now, keep in mind, if you hear one of these things that I list off, go grab it and put it on eBay, (laughs) because you could be making a lot of money. Amber, if you have a vintage 1959 Barbie, Mm -hmm. that is the first ever Barbie that was created, you will get a whopping $23,000 for her. Whoa. $23,000. Now, that's got to be the original Barbie. Do you remember what the original Barbie looked like? Have you ever seen her? Not the original, no. I think just updated. She's she's blonde, obviously, and she's wearing a black and white swimsuit, has high heels. Okay. Very plain Jane, $23,000 just because of it being the first Barbie. If you have the book Where the Wild Things Are, the first edition, mm-hmm. it sold on eBay for $25,000. Oh my goodness. Now the first edition. Yeah. Check your other books too. Yeah. A lot of books maybe that at one point in time were not worth so much, maybe today. Yeah, or, or if they're out of print or the first editions. Ooh, the first edition. That's the big deal when, yeah. when they're out of print and they're no longer being printed. If you mm-hmm. can get a hold of a book that's no longer being printed, wow, that's good money. And those first editions. Oh. Star Wars action figures. Okay. 1978, the Luke Skywalker. If you had that particular one, that one last went on eBay for $25,000. Gosh. If you have an old Atari laying yeah. around, and I actually I have seen old Ataris. I've played an Atari. Yeah. So I know there are some of you guys out there that have an Atari. The Atari was created back in 1977. That was what your parents played video games mm-hmm. on. And it is notably known as being the worst game console ever created. Oh, gosh. But if you have a particular game, not the Atari itself, but if you have this particular game, you could be $33,000 richer. The game is called Air Raid. Oh. If you had the original Air Raid game in your collection, that could go on eBay for $33,000. Wow. <sighs> Pokemon cards. Oh, there we go. If you have Pikachu... You could sell it on eBay for a hundred grand. Aye. The Pikachu card. Uh-huh. Pikachu's the main one, right? Uh yeah, sure. It's been out since nineteen sixty six, but the Pokemon trading cards became a success when that when they started doing this. Yeah. People started trading those like baseball cards. Oh, I know it. I, I know never it. I never was into it. But if you have a Pikachu card, yeah. it's worth a hundred thousand dollars. Tom, come home and check our collection. Hot Wheels. If you have some Hot Wheels, some of your Hot Wheels could be worth a lot of money. One particular Hot Wheel will make you $125,000. That is the 1969 Volkswagen Beach Bomb. Ooh. So look in your Hot Wheels. Yeah. If you find a 1969 <laughs> Volkswagen Beach Bomb, you could sell it for $125,000. That's what it sold at an auction back in 2011. It says here that uh, the Hot Wheels created the toy for only $2 each. 
and it was only there was only one of these made, so you probably won't see it. I'm sure somebody's already got that one. Somebody's already got it. If you have the original Monopoly board, you could be $146,000 richer. And I'm talking about the original Monopoly board, the handwritten board drawn by Charles Darrow, the guy who invented the game. If you had that, you could be worth over $100,000 by tomorrow. Gosh. Just putting it on eBay. Yeah. The original Monopoly. Oh, my word. Think about how many renditions of Monopoly, just the game, there's been. Oh, my gosh. I think we've even started making, like, city-specific ones now. Oh, my gosh. Google, Google the original Monopoly board. It's very simple. Very simple. And what I love about Monopoly is it seems like it would be complicated looking at it, but it is one of the most simple games to play. It absolutely is. If you have a G.I. Joe action figure, I'm talking the original prototype G.I. Joe action figure, it sold at an auction for $200,000. Now, the original G.I. Joe action figure, and it's it's crazy. Think about how many kids used to have that. And then probably didn't care about them. No. Threw them away. Tossed them, cut their heads off. Put them in a yard sale. It's amazing. Sometimes you'd never know how much things will be. And sometimes people will hang on to things like mm-hmm. that for the mere fact that it one day could be worth a lot of money. Like eventually this is going to be a, worth a lot of money. Baseball cards we know. Sometimes they're not worth a hill of beans. But if you had this particular baseball card, Honus Wagner, it sold on eBay for $2.8 million. Who would buy a baseball card for $2.8 million? Whoa, somebody with a lot of money. It says here that if you're lucky enough to find an original Honus Wagner baseball card in your collection, you would be a multi-millionaire if you sold it. It's considered to be the holy grail of baseball cards. An original Honus Wagner card sold at an auction in 2007 for $2.8 million and is the second most valuable toy uh, from anybody's childhood, pretty much. Wow. Because the first... Most valuable toy from your childhood. And this is the most bang that you can get for your buck. So if you have this, ladies and gentlemen, get ready because here she comes. If you have any of the original action comics from the comic book collections that introduces Superman, it's called Action Comics 1. Ooh. That's what it's called, Action Comics 1. It's a, it's the comic book that introduced Superman for the first time. It sold at an auction for $3.2 million. Wow. What? So if you have that one, you're rich. Congratulations. <laughs> and then also, there's a few other things that surprise me. The Disney VHS tapes, they yes. say, can be worth a lot of money. A lot of money. I used to have a ton of those. Uh-huh. They said the most valuable Disney VHS tape is Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that's a good one, too. And I used to have that. What better one to... Be the best. Right. And uh, I'm sure there's others. I'm sure there's more. Is there anything, Amber, that I left off this list that maybe you can think of that you knows a lot of money? Oh, my gosh. That's what I was over here doing. You know, I made a post about some Affleck ducks my papa used to give me. And uh, right now, for the entire set that I have, I could be 2K richer. But for the sentimental value you don't want to Absolutely do not. No, right. I'm going to keep them. Eventually right. they'll be worth 200k maybe. Now maybe if they were 2 million <laughs> Papaw will have to... Yeah, Papaw can I let these slide? I'm going to have to let these go. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, stick with us. We still have lots more Off the Cuff with Adam Banks coming at you live after these words.
ladies and gentlemen, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. The Georgia Bulldogs are your 2022 college football champions. They demolished the TCU Horned Frogs 65-7. Not even a game. I watched that game. It was a... I'm not going to say it was a fun game to watch because it was a complete disaster. But I had a little bet on it, which always makes sports a lot more fun. But congratulations to Georgia Bulldogs for their championship. A back-to-back championship for Georgia. They won in 2021, now in 2022. It's been a while since that's happened. Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett IV was a shining star with 304 yards and six total touchdowns. He took some individual records with him as he celebrated his final curtain call because he's 25 years old. He's old. I love that, the fourth. I love that. But he is finished. Who knows what his career will look like in the NFL. But Georgia football, it looks like there is a new king of the hill. It looks like there is a new dynasty upon us. Alabama who? Georgia Bulldogs are the new team of college football dominant. Two back-to-back championships. They are clearly the most dominant in the SEC. And it just proves that the SEC is the most dominant conference in sports, especially in football. Don't you love the Georgia football fight song? Kind of a mixture of an old Tommy Christian song. Or like a kid song, kind of. It's called Glory, Glory. Just like Glory, Glory, Hallelujah. Okay. It's the rally song, fight song for the Georgia Bulldogs. They played this a lot during the game. Ember, the college football fight song has existed for more than a century. Every college athletics has one. So it's no wonder that a school's signature sound always rouses the crowd during a game. And here's an example of one. The Georgia football fight song, Glory, Glory. Now, obviously, we know that there's more fight songs than just Georgia. A lot of colleges have them. And Amber, I would like to talk to you in the audience about the best college fight songs in sports. Okay. So we'll start with Georgia, with Glory, Glory. What about this one? This is from the University of Oklahoma. I thought for sure you was going to look behind you because you thought Jim Ross was walking (laughs) down the ramp. This is the theme he uses whenever he is introduced in a match, or this is what he walks down to before he broadcasts on any show that he does. (laughs) I like how he just straight up ripped the Oklahoma fight song. Because JR likes it so much, I had to throw it in as one of the best. Absolutely. It derived from Yale's University, Bula Bula. They call this Boomer Sooner. 
It's played after every touchdown, considering Oklahoma scored. Considering Oklahoma always scores touchdowns, you hear this song a lot. (laughs) Now, this next fight song might be the most popular fight song in the history of fight songs. It is Rocky Top. And what is so amazing about this song is that it has the ability to appeal to masses. And it's evident because not only has it appealed to people in the world of sports, but it is the only fight song to claim a spot on the country top 100 charts. It peaked at number 17 by artist Lynn Anderson. She released it in the 1970s, and it became a country hit, the Tennessee fight song, Rocky Talk. I hate to admit it, I do like this fight song. Yeah. I hate Tennessee, and I hate when I hear it at the games, Yeah. but I kind of secretly like it. Well, it makes you want to get up and do something. But that's just between us. Yeah. Well, and... All right, enough of Rocky Top. Can only do so much Rocky Top. You said it makes you want to get up and do what? <laughs> makes you want to get up and do something. <laughs> play some football? Well. <laughs> this next song that I'm going to play is one of the best college fight songs in sports. Is from the University of Michigan. They call this The Victors. They call this Hell to the Victors. And the reason I put this as one of the best college fight songs is because you know the theme, Hell to the Chief, that the president walks to, right? Yeah. Well, President Gerald, Fur- president Gerald Ford preferred this theme over the presidential anthem, Hell to the Chief. So instead of the United States Marine Band playing Hail to the Chief, Mm -hmm. they would play the Michigan fight song instead. He was on his way to do something. He thought it sounded better. He is the only president in U.S. history to use this song instead of Hail to the Chief. A slower tempered version of this song was played at his funeral. I actually watched his funeral on TV. I was watching that with my dad. I'll I'll remember that. Specifically watching Gerald Ford's funeral on TV with my dad. But I don't remember this song being played. (laughs) I wonder how superior the University of Michigan has to feel with their fight song, knowing that a president used to use this as his theme music. Oh my goodness. No, I think I like Hell to the Chief a little better. Yeah. I don't know. This one definitely has a little bit more spunk to it. Yeah. This one also gives me vibes. I'm going to get up and do something.
This next one, Amber, that I'm going to put on the list as one of the best college fight songs of all time is going to come from the University of Wisconsin. Okay. And the reason I'm going to put this one on the list is because I was listening to it and I said, this sounds really, really, really familiar. Yeah. And the reason it sounded familiar is because our high school, not County Central High School, completely ripped... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the theme from Wisconsin. When you listen to it, tell me if you recall this theme. We're the best in everything we do. We will beat them and defeat them anytime we try. Right? Something. Not Central High. K C P A T R R O T S. What? big plot twist for this song. It was originally called Minnesota, Minnesota. Minnesota, Minnesota. With composer William D. Purdy planning to enter it in a competition to be the first fight song of the state's flagship. But his roommate, Carl Beck, a former Wisconsin student, was able to get Purdy to instead let the song be used for the University of Wisconsin with Beck just rewriting the lyrics, putting Wisconsin in place of Minnesota. But that, our high school uses this. Yeah. When you hear our band play Not Central's theme music, this is what they play. I'm just over here trying to figure out how you even knew the words to our song. I just remember it. Yeah. I just remember people singing it. Yeah. You don't... I didn't sit in that section, I don't think. It was... It was not like I was Mr. School Spirit. I always liked Moorhead States. Yeah. Well, you went there. Don't that sound great? Exciting? Yeah. Now, for all of you guys wondering, where's Kentucky? Ain't Kentucky one of the greatest of all time? Okay, don't worry. I didn't leave y'all out. (laughs) It is a pretty good fight song. College fight songs were created due to competitions. They were competitions that were sent out for the students to send in a version of what they thought the fight song should be, and the university and a committee would usually pick the best one. Well, we know another group of people that did that, too. Who? Say by the bell, (laughs) the school song. That's exactly probably where they got the idea. (laughs) 
<laughs> but you gotta you gotta love a good college fight song. It really pumps you up. It really puts you there in the atmosphere of college sports, college athletics, whether it be on the football field, basketball, the floor. It doesn't matter. A college song will get your juices flowing. I agree. When you're there, you hear the band, it makes you excited, and it makes you want to root on your team. Uh But that, ladies and gentlemen, is the best college fight songs throughout time, and that, of course, is in my opinion. But, ladies and gentlemen, stick with us. We will be right back. We have lots more Off the Cuff with Adam Banks after these words. Everybody to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. What you are hearing was the Song of the Year presented at the 80th Annual Golden Globes. It's called Natu Natu. Now, I don't know if this was from a movie called RRR. I don't know if it was from a person called RRR. I think it's a terrible song. It, bre- it beat out stellar competition. Taylor Swift, Rihanna, Lady Gaga, they were all nominated for Best Original Song in a Movie, and this one won. Yeah. The 80th Annual Golden Globes was this past Sunday, hosted by Jared Carmichael. Who? Exactly. I mean, who is that? I have no clue. I was waiting on Ricky to come out of the curtain. (sighs) Right. I think Ricky, Ricky Gervais should always be always. the host of the Golden Globes. I don't know. He he made a joke of himself even being there. He said, let's be honest, I'm here because I'm black. And the reason he said that is because Golden Globes was not existing last year because they said that due to the lack of nominations of black people that they was not going to be having uh, a show. Yeah, I think it was because there was just no diversification. So they returned this year. They have a black host, and his name was Gerard Carmichael. Apparently, he was a comedian. Yeah. But it's bad that they're getting comedians that nobody's heard of. I don't consider myself an expert on pop culture, but I'm pretty close. I don't see why you wouldn't be an expert. And if I don't know who you are, just not even by the name, mm-hmm. that's that's bad. Mm-hmm. So that's who hosted it. Well, if you want a full list of the awards that was given out at the Golden Globes, you can check that out on Off the Cuff's Facebook page at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks, uh, Facebook.com slash Off the Cuff with Adam Banks. Let's go over the major awards, though. Okay. Cecil D. Mill Award. Mm-hmm. That is the award that's the honorary Golden Globe that's bestowed by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association for outstanding contributions to the whole entertainment world. It went this year to Eddie Murphy. Yes. The comedy legend. Yes. What's your favorite Eddie Murphy movie? Oh, you already know The Nutty Professor. That has to be hands down one of the funniest movies of all time. Ever created. My dad, I'll never forget when he watched that movie, he... <laughs> More people were laughing at him in the movie theater than they was at the movie because he was laughing so hard. That dinner table scene. Oh, my gosh. It was all over. The buddy love scenes. Oh, any buddy love scene. With, with Reggie Short. Oh, it's best. goodness. Eddie Murphy is an icon. He's a legend. He's hilarious. Yes. In anything that he does. Dr. Doolittle's a good one. Oh, coming to America. Coming to America. Life. 
<laughs> is a good one. You going with your cornbread? Daddy Daycare is a good one. A lot of great Eddie Murphy movies. He's definitely an icon. He said that in order to be successful in life, he's learned three things. Oh, yeah. He said you need to pay your taxes. Pay your taxes. What was the other thing? Mind your business. Mind your business and keep Will Smith's name out your mouth. His wife's name out your mouth. Yeah, Will Smith's wife's name out, out your mouth. Out your mouth. And if you do those three things, you will be successful. (laughs) There's also an honorary award given out at the Golden Globes. It's called the Carol Burnett Award. And it is essentially the same award as the Cecil DeMille Award, but it's for television. Okay. Because Golden Globe does movies and television. Well, this year, the recipient was Ryan Murphy. Oh, yes. Ryan Murphy was very well deserving. He's had a big year. He made Off the Cuff's 10 Most Fascinating People of 2022. And now he's also getting the Carol Burnett Award at the Golden Globes. And what better award to get than the Carol Burnett Award? Yes. The contributions of Ryan Murphy, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that because we've talked about it already. He is one of the most prolific producers of our time. Mm -hmm. The content that he is putting out, uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, Watcher, uh, The Walking Dead, Oh, right. he's not Walking not Dead. Not Walking Dead. <laughs> he's not Walking what Dead. What else? Uh, American Horror Story. American Horror Story. That's what I was thinking yeah. of. Walking Dead sucks. American Horror Story. Oh. Yes. There's so many Ryan Murphy f- movies uh-huh. and projects, TV projects that he's done that is iconic. Beautiful Mind, I think, sums him up pretty good. So he received the Carol Burnett Award at the Golden Globes. All right, so uh, some other awards given out for the night. In television, the best performance by an actor in a comedy went to Jeremy Allen White for The Bear. That is Lip from Shameless. I thought his career was over after Shameless. You thought... Absolutely incorrectly, Mr. Banks. I did. Uh I stand corrected. Yes, you do. Because he had a big night. Uh, Good for him. Hey, and you know, it's actually a good show, so... You've watched it? We have watched some of it. We've started it. Okay. Yeah, so... I think it was well-deserved. Best performance by an actor in a television series drama went to Kevin Costner Mm. uh, for Yellowstone. Yellowstone is a great show. Kevin Costner is a great actor. I am very disappointed that of out of all of the years that the Golden Globes has has been in existence, I have had respect for them because they usually give awards out to shows that aren't popular. It's just solely based on the work. And I feel like Yellowstone took home an award because of its popularity. Absolutely. I don't know if it's an award-winning show. Popular? Yes. Good? Entertaining? Outstanding? Yes. Kevin Costner? Outstanding. Best actor in a TV drama? Mm. No. Not when you're up against Bob Odenkirk mm-hmm. from Better Call Saul. Exactly. But Kevin Costner won. The best performance by an actress in a television series went to Zendaya for Euphoria. Am I missing something here? I, we talked about this. I still ain't watched it since the last time we talked about it, and I probably won't watch it before we talk about it again. I'm talking about Zendaya. Am oh. I missing something? Oh, I think it's honestly just the, the show, the attraction of the show. I, I don't know. I don't get it. Best performance by an actor in a limited series or motion picture went to the deserving Evan Peters for his portrayal as Jeffrey Dahmer in the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Best television drama went to House of the Dragon. Ah, well, I don't know about that one either. And not to Better Call Saul. How can a a show that is literally a master class on everything, editing, cinematography, acting, don't get the best show? I don't get it. Uh. 
I've said this before on the show. Awards are not accomplishments. They're recognition. They recognize the work you're doing, but it's not an accomplishment to receive one because there's so many people that receive them that shouldn't get them. Exactly. Julia Garner was the winner for Best Supporting Actress in a Drama Series for Ozark. Again, she did good, but... Just throwing on a fake accent and yeah. and changing the way you walk shouldn't get you the Best Actress Award. And wasn't Nene Neasley in that also I'm from sure Dahmer? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Tyler James Williams uh, won for Abbott Elementary. For, uh, the Best Television Series Comedy went to Abbott Elementary for Film. Uh, best Motion Picture w- Comedy, The Banshees of Innishin. Best Motion Picture Drama, The Fablemans, Best Actor in a Motion Picture Comedy, Colin Farrell, Best Actor in a Motion Picture Drama, Austin Butler in Elvis. There you go. Dude, his voice, yeah. I don't know if you heard his speech. Yeah. He sounds just like Elvis Presley. He said that he's talked like that for three years. And he says he has done that because he talked like that for three mm-hmm. years trying to prepare for that role. Yep. And it's because it's become a part of his fiber. Uh-huh. It's become a part of his DNA. He probably won't shake it. And no, and that's that's going to damage his voice. Well. Because we'll talking deep like that, that can't yeah. be good if it's not your natural voice. Ugh. Best actors in a motion picture, Kate Blanchett for uh, best motion picture in a drama. And uh, the list, ladies and gentlemen, just goes on and on and on. Check out Off the Cuff with Adam Banks on Facebook to get that complete list. But ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take Off the Cuff's Song of the Week break. It's been a while since we've had a rap song for Off the Cuff's Song of the Week break. So relax and enjoy a little Doe by Key Glock. Anytime you can jam and dance to a rap song, it's a good time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you have been cruising around the Lexington roads, you probably have heard a new commercial that is on the airwaves. Off the Cuff has uh, come out with a promo for 2023. It was just released, I think yesterday is when they released it, Amber. So it is now in rotation here at the radio station. And if you haven't heard it, I'm going to play it for you folks at home. This is the new Off the Cuff with Adam Banks promo for 2023. Take a listen. If you have yet to check out the hottest talk radio show in Lexington, you can do that right here on WLXU 93.9 FM. Join me, Adam Banks, live every Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. to hear content ranging anywhere from current events, pop culture, sports, and life in general. Check out Off the Cuff with Adam Banks live or subscribe to the show on podcast to listen to all previous episodes. This is a live, entertaining hour you don't want to miss. Am I lying? Hey. Is it that, is a good hour. Is that an entertaining hour that you don't want to miss? I don't miss it not once. Well, there you go, folks. That is the new radio promo for Off the Cuff with Adam Banks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stick with us. We will be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. 
Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Last segment of the hour. Things just keep getting worse and worse for Kentucky basketball. The last time we talked about the Cats, I said that the game between Alabama is going to really determine what kind of season we're going to have. It's going to let us know if we're any good or not. Well, we lost that game. And not only did we lose that game, we played South Carolina and lost that game 71-68. to South Carolina is the worst team in the conference. Now, John Calipari says, stick with these kids. If you want to get on me, that's fine. I'm the coach. If we weren't ready to play, then I've got to look at me and say, well, what? Why? Where were we mentally? And I was trying things today to get them in a positive mindset because it's hard. It's really hard here. And he's telling the truth. Playing at Kentucky is really hard. And as John Calipari has been figuring out over the last 14 years, coaching here at Kentucky has been really hard. Calipari, he is in his 14th season. He's not having a good year. That happens sometimes. Sometimes you have good years. Sometimes you have bad years. He has more good than bad, but this year he's not having a good year. There was a sign in the crowd from a fan that says, go to Texas. The fan got kicked out. Now, I'm a believer in free speech, and and getting kicked out, do I think he should have been kicked out? No. I don't think there was anything offensive for him to be kicked out over. But it just goes to show how crazy and unhinged Kentucky fans are right now over John Calipari. Wanting him fired, we have the greatest coach in America on our sidelines coaching at our university, coaching our team. And there are people wanting him gone and wanting him replaced. And it's amazing of the names that I've been hearing. (laughs) I've been hearing a name like Chris Holtman. Now, Chris Holtman, who knows where he's at? I don't know. even know. Oh, he's at Ohio State. Chris Holtman is this guy. And he's from Nicholasville. And everybody's saying, oh, he's a great Kentuckian. He would bring back passion into the program, unlike John Calipari has. Well, let me read you what Chris Holtman has done at Ohio State. This is who everybody's wanting to replace Calipari with. His accomplishments in the one, two, three, four, five years he's been at Ohio State. He's been to a round of 32 three times, and he's been to a round of 64. And that is his accomplishments at Ohio State. (laughs) Do you see how stupid that is to want to hire somebody like that? Because if he had this same record at Kentucky, you would want him fired. What are you going to do when the new coach that you want to come in comes in and has a bad season or two? Fire him? Well, that's what you want done to John Calipari. You want him fired after a few bad seasons. So you're saying that the next coach that comes in and has a few bad seasons, you want him to be fired. I mean, it amazes me how quick we are to want to fire Cal after a, after a few bad seasons. How come Gonzaga or Michigan State or even Louisville fans back when they had Patino never wanted their coaches gone? When Calipari is doing the same thing at Kentucky as what they were at their prospective schools. Folks, if John Calipari does decide to move on, which I think it's 0% 
chance that he moves on to Texas. But if that day ever comes that he does decide to move on, you will 100% miss John Calipari when he leaves. The grass is not always greener on the other side. He is good for this job, not just because of basketball coaching. He is good in this position because of everything else this position requires. He is the governor, the mayor. He is everything of this state. He is the ambassador that this state needs. So uh, people ask, well, who would replace John Calipari? That's a good question. I don't know. Let's say John Calipari does leave, though. Let's say that he does say, I'm done. I'm going to uh, say, you know what, fans? You want me gone? Here you go. I'm gone. Who should we get? Well, if I was the athletic director of Kentucky, I would make three phone calls. My first phone call would be to Billy Donovan. He is the coach of the Chicago Bulls. Now, whether or not he would come coach Kentucky, very unlikely. So I would probably have to make a second phone call. That second phone call would be to the UCLA head coach, Mick Cronin. Cronin would come, but if he didn't come, I would probably then hire Jay Wright. Now, if Jay Wright didn't come, then we're in trouble, and I'd probably, off of panic mode, hire Rick Pitino because I know Rick Pitino would come, and it would be a great homecoming. I mean, imagine it would be the best homecoming in sports history. Pitino finally comes back and coaches Kentucky after all of those years. Imagine if he came back and we won his first year back. (laughs) That would be insanity. And even when you were little, just small, Amber, you remember your family always talking about Patino, how they loved him. Oh, everybody loved Rick Patino. He was the jewel of this state at one point in time. And I do think that it, it could happen. I do think that Calipari or that Rick Patino could come and have success here. But it wouldn't be my first, second, or third call. <laughs> but I, I do think that the fans have really become unhinged. And them wanting Calipari fired after having a few bad seasons is silly. Because when we do hire somebody, they're going to have a few bad seasons. And what do you want to happen? Do you want him fired? So are we just going to keep just hiring and firing, hiring and firing, hiring and firing? Because you're never going to have a coach that comes in and never has a bad season. Never has a bad season. I don't know what else that the fans want. Is it just human nature? Is it just because you want something new? Is it because, I don't know, KSR wants you to think that way? I talked a little bit last week about the KSR cult and of how uh, their opinions are are spread like wildfire. If Matt Jones says something, a million people all of a sudden want to start following him. I mean, and I get why they're still harping on it. It's good radio. So they'll harp on this the entire basketball season. It's good radio to talk about who could replace Cal, Calipari in the hot seat, the program not being what they used to be. I understand radio. I'm in the industry. It makes for good conversation. So that's why he's doing it. But, folks, don't let Matt play you like a fiddle. And Because (laughs) here's the thing. All these fans that want... Calipari gone, Matt don't. Matt don't want him gone. But if you listen to Matt, it would sound like that he does want him gone, but he'll say all these bad things about on how bad shape we're in, but then at the end of it, he'll say, well, we can't get rid of him, or I don't want him gone. Well, 
pick a side. You don't want him gone, but you say all these bad things every day. And the influence that you got over the state, having 10 hours of radio time every week, is really putting back negative vibes into the fan base, making us put signs up in the stadium like fire Calipari or leave for Texas. Like it's 1998 WWF. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it reminded me of. That's why I appreciated the sign. Not because of what it said. I, I didn't get mad over that. I just think that kicking him out was, was silly. Yeah. But the content that was on the sign, it just blows my mind that people actually actually want him gone, Amber. Uh, I don't understand how this hiring and firing process works for coaches. I feel like, you know, if you're at a job, the only person that can fire you is, you know, the person that's above you. And usually it's because of your performance, but how you interact with people. And all these people ain't played a a ball game in how many years? 20, yeah. 30 years? And you all are out here hollering, we need to fire him. Are the players saying that? Because they're the ones who actually know him. Right. That actually work with him. Are any of those players right. saying that? Right. Then why does he need to be gone? And then when you ask, well, who do you want? Any name that you throw at me, I can tell you 10 reasons why you would be mad at this person if he came to Kentucky. Because if you look at that person's record... There's, if you look at their record, there's always a two or three streak where they're doing bad. Uh oh, what's going to happen if they get in that two or three bad streak at Kentucky? You want to fire them again? Probably. You know, I mean, it, it just it blows my mind. But we have a long season. Is Kentucky going to make the tournament this year? No, no. We're just going to have to suck it up and move on and wait till next year. Next year. Calipari's got an extremely good class coming in next year. Yeah. Now, I know people are sick of hearing that, and people want results now. But sometimes, folks, you have bad years, like we're in this year. We're just going to have to take it. What's that saying? Good things come to those who wait. Absolutely. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to call it a day. If you liked today's episode you will probably like what you heard in the past so subscribe to off the cuff on podcast we're on spotify apple youtube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast you can follow off the cuff with adam banks on social media on facebook and instagram at off the cuff with adam banks you can follow me the host on social media at the adam banks you can follow the co-host on social media at ambu 447 we release new episodes every thursday right here on wlxu 93.9 so make sure you download that app to listen live we will be back Next Thursday from 4 to 5, ladies and gentlemen, that is Ember Turner. I'm Adam Banks, and this is Off the Cuff. We'll catch you down the road. Blame it on me.